0: Welcome to the First World Philippines podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, and welcome again to another episode of the First World Philippines podcast. Today's special guest is my good, good friend, Mr. Tom Graham. Tom is a best-selling author and an international speaker. He is English, and he's been living here longer than me. (laughs) And he he has written of... There's so many things I love about Tom, and his book, Genius of the Poor, An Englishman's Life-Changing Journey in the Philippines, for me, still remains after I read it four years ago. Still remains the best ever book written by a foreigner about the Philippines. This guy really has an extraordinary life experience here in the Philippines, doing amazing things with Mad Travel. So today he's the co-founder of Mad Travel, um, promoting the Philippines to the world, and <laughs> as well as to with uh, promoting internal tourism from within. Just doing amazing things. An overall amazing guy. One of my best friends. I can. Say say that without hesitation, an amazing guy, someone who's uh, yeah been to one of my dearest friends in my time here in the Philippines, and I think for sure you're going to enjoy as Tom breaks down his love affair with the Philippines, why he's staying here, why he believes in the Filipino, a lot of value to be taken from this interview. Okay, without further ado, the one and only Mr. Tom Graham hey guys i am here with the genius of the poor best-selling author tom graham my good friend it's a pleasure to have you on our show all right great to be here mike thank you See from you. england to the philippines he's got a very fascinating story that i want to deep dive into before tom shares his story shares his story i do want to share my own personal journey with this book because tom in my first i think my first three months in the philippines someone said that I have to read this book when I told them about my interest in staying in the Philippines and learning about the Philippines and someone introduced this book as the best book ever written about the Philippines by a foreigner so I have to put that disclaimer in by a foreigner As as an outsider best book ever written about the Philippines and I loved it I remember within three nights I had it complete absolutely loved this book and I learned so much about this organization, Gawar Kalinga, that Tom wrote about. His one-year journey, life-changing journey in the Philippines. Totally changed my life. Tom, i got so many questions. Right. So many questions for you. But the first question is, when, how do I say this? When you see, for you, when you see a Filipino smile, what does that mean to you?
1: Um, I guess it reminds me, uh, why I'm in this country. Uh, mm. There are certain communities that I go to uh, whenever I need a little bit of um, you know, therapy for the, for, the, <laughs> for the ups and downs of life, you know, whenever I'm feeling a bit anxious or a bit down about anything. There mm. are certain communities I go to, mm. um, even communities here in uh, Metro Manila, mm. that have this incredible um, uplifting effect on me. Yeah, and uh, you know the kids and the communities that are able to, you know, not just smile, yeah, but um, the that that spirit that they have, that yeah. that that sense of um, solidarity that that yeah. I've found, particularly in the Gawad communities, yeah. um, is something which has really, I guess, has has, has changed my life because yeah. it's that which has uh, really encouraged me to stay in the Philippines yeah. and and build my future here because I want. To be infected by that, by
0: that, by those smiles and, and it, by that energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So let me ask the question because you're London-born and raised. Yep. You've travelled to many different countries around the world. Um, what's so special about these communities that you saw in the Philippines that maybe you didn't see in your home country or in other countries? Uh, what what, yeah. what makes these communities so special for you?
1: Well, I mean, I think um, the communities where at least the ones that I've visited, they've gone through so much uh, mm. in, in, in life and they've really been dealt a bad a bad hand. Mm. Um, and yet they've been able to come through it and they've been able to rebuild their homes, rebuild their communities, uh, and even gain a sense of purpose. Despite mm. even um, by, by, by my kind of Western standards still having so little and so few opportunities compared mm. to what myself or any of my peers have and yet they have this ability to um, yeah, to live with um, a purpose or to, to have that hope. Because somebody has come alongside them and, and, and said, you're not going to be alone anymore. Mm. Uh, you're not going to be left behind anymore. Um, we believe in you. Mm. And um, you know, I'm not going to say, I, I don't want to sort of sugarcoat this too much and say that I saw that in every single community that, mm. I, that, I, that I went to, because you know, some communities are still really going through, through, through hardships. Um, but but when I discovered it and when I found it it was it was so inspiring to me because mm. I thought you know I come from such a relatively uh, privileged background mm. um, and yet um, there's such a lack of fulfillment um, mm. in, in, in um, a lot of Western societies mm. uh, and so this is really for me part of that genius if mm. you like of the communities that mm. I went to um, that ability to, to make something out of out of nothing and yeah. to, Find hope despite all of the adversity, mm. uh, and I just I just found it you know truly inspiring, mm. and I wanted to be part of it mm. in my own small way. I wanted to support mm. the work that's going on in these communities yeah. and support be be in my own small humble way be an agent for change yeah. um, in the Philippines because you know the Philippines faces a lot of challenges. Mm. Um, and it's on the front line of so many challenges, whether it be climate change or inequality or pollution, whatever it is. And yet, this is the place you need to be if you want to actually make a change for yeah, yeah. the good. Yeah. Um, because this is where that change has to happen, even more than in the country that I come from, the UK. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I, I, I can't see myself being anywhere else than here in the Philippines. Wow.
0: Let yep. me ask you another question, Tom, um, and it's about, because you have travels, to so many provinces far more than I have traveled in the Philippines and one thing I want to ask you about is the aftermath of typhoons and storms here in the Philippines so would you believe that our countries um, we experience the same number of storms in 100 years that the Philippines would experience in just one year Right. in terms of uh, the, the natural forces of course the I still, belt.
1: I still remember in the UK the, the great storm of 1987 <laughs> yeah. and it was like a category one yeah. uh, by here. And, and yet people are still talking about it 20 years later Wow! so it just shows how, how easy we have it in the UK relatively yeah. compared to the Absolutely.
0: so definitely in terms of natural disasters can you tell us a story because you've travelled so much across the country, you've been there in the aftermath of the east storms you've been in in these communities when storms hit what special things did you see in the aftermath of the storms? Um, I mean I, I've been in
1: communities maybe one or two months after Typhoon Yolanda or Typhoon Haiyan yeah. um, I saw I mean of course I saw a lot of destruction mm. I saw a lot of heartache um, but uh, I guess it's human nature in a way, isn't it, to, for, for people to come together in, in moments like that. And uh, wherever you went, or wherever I went, uh, there were always those pockets of, um, you know, or it, actually in the Philippines, it's not even pockets. It was really communities mm. coming together. Um, and, um, you know, whatever they could do, mustering whatever energy or, or, or solidarity that they could, uh, to find solutions. So, uh, yeah, so I was, I was, I was in, uh, Bantayan Island, um, Mm. shortly after, um, Typhoon Yolanda struck and it was pretty, it was pretty grim. I mean, it was pretty, it was a, it was a a really bad time in a way to be there. Um, but you know, I've never seen, um, so much, so much solidarity Mm. being, um, uh, being put into, you know, that, that faith being put into action, mm. um, it it really magnified it. I think a disaster like that. And what I found interesting was more and more uh, foreigners were being drawn mm. towards the area because I think they were watching it on TV yeah. and being just so inspired mm. by the by the um, by the strength mm. of the Filipino people. They said, "You know what? I need to go there and I need to help." So I was mm. just on this faraway. Uh, you know, island in Bantayan, uh four or five hours from Cebu and there were people coming from all over the world as as mm. well. Uh, not really quite sure what they were doing or what they were gonna do, <laughs> yeah. but being like, Okay, I'm here, how can I help? I wanna help yeah. um I've been inspired by by um by the people yeah. of 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 that island. So yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty um um it it it's pretty contagious yeah. actually. Okay. Can, you,
0: can I ask you for a personal example? Because I know, Tom, your dad has come in here. He has. And your dad is a pastor back in the UK. Yeah. And I'm just so curious. Retired pastor, yeah. Yep. I'm just curious of his, what was his experience like in the Philippines? And how did his experience with Filipinos maybe change your father? Okay. Like, is there a story that you like to share that's uh, that's all right from his experiences here
1: well so first of all my dad was uh, my dad you know those uh, t-shirts with um, you know keep calm and carry on all of that sort of stuff yeah. that 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 comes from the uk right mm-hmm. uh, because we're known for what's known as the stiff upper lip so we don't show our emotions uh, very much um and i remember after I, uh, I i i was skyping home to my dad this was shortly after uh, I decided to volunteer for Gaur Kalinga and, and write the book. And I, I was on a call to my dad and I said, dad, I've made a great decision. I've decided to quit my job and I'm not coming home anymore. <laughs> <He's like. laughs> so my dad is like, um, you know, I so said, keep calm and carry on. So he's like, oh, why, why would you do that, son? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, no, 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 dad, it's a great idea. Don't worry, I, I'm doing it because, uh, because of Bayanihan. And because of Walang and Gawad Kalinga and Kapateran and all of these uh, concepts uh, that I had been introduced to in um, in the Philippines, and he was like, "But, but, but, son, you know, who are you staying with?" And I said, "Oh no, Dad, I'm staying with Tito Tony."
0: So my dad's like,
1: "Tito Tony? What, what? What does that mean, son?" And I said, it's "Uncle Tony." So my dad is is I, he's I think he's freaking out. He's like, "What? What is going on? What has my son done?" He's thrown his life away to stay in the Philippines, joining some kind of cult or something. <laughs> that was what he was, um, you know. He was he was concerned about. He didn't know what I was doing with my life, uh, so he went and got on uh, a flight. From London to the Philippines.
0: Wow! How how long after that call?
1: Well, I I don't know. I mean, he got one of the as soon as he could. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Emergency. Save his son in
0: the Philippines.
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) And uh, the uh, the second day we went down to Davao. Oh. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, and there's some nice things to see in Davao, right? Like Samal Island and um, Crocodile Crocodile Park Park, or something. Yep. Yep. And uh, instead, I took my dad to the, uh, to the Davao uh, City Jail.
0: Oh, talaga. Yes,
1: talaga. <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, I, I, I lost my dad inside the jail that day. Oh. Uh, yes. Now, um, I wasn't actually as concerned as you might think. My really? mum was telling me to look after my dad. You know, he's no spring chicken anymore. <laughs> he's 74 years old. He's never, ever been to... Asia before let alone the Philippines mm-hmm. and then on day two I lose him in a Filipino jail, <laughs> a jail. yeah um, and, uh, and yeah, I wasn't concerned I wasn't worried because um, of course uh, a Goward Kalinga community had been built oh, wow. inside um, mm-hmm. inside this jail and it was the most amazing community mm-hmm. and so we, we were doing this tour of the jail mm-hmm and uh, so my dad was walking behind me and we, we had uh, our in the inmates of the jail were our tour guides and so my dad's walking past a cell and some ladies were in there they were like um, uh, entrepreneurs they had this okay. bag making business and uh, so they saw my dad walk past and they thought ah this is a potential client <laughs> so they ended up uh, they said oh sir 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 come inside come inside so of course my dad went inside the prison cell and then before he knew it, he was like, well, I, you know, they had, he had all these bags being thrust on him. <laughs> like, oh, you've got to get the brown one, the orange one. the..." And my dad had no idea which one to get my mum, you know, yeah. not knowing what colour she'd like. So he ended up coming out about 15 minutes later while I was, you know, worried that he was maybe getting a bit, uh, you know, he was lost already. And he's coming out with, you know. Uh, three or four bags on his arms, mm. and he's like, "So I, I don't know which one your mother will like, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I got them all." <laughs> so, um, so, so anyway, so so after that, uh, you know, my dad loved the community so much mm. as well, and he was really touched, I think, by mm. by, by what he found in that community. Uh, that for the next twenty one days, we, we we literally visited, I think, a Goward Kalinga village almost every day, oh, wow. and we didn't do any of the regular tourist stuff. After that, mm. we just went to the communities and. Uh, yeah, my my dad was truly inspired, yeah. um, and he was really inspired because my dad's a pastor, right? Yeah. And so he was, you know, the the UK is a is a Protestant country, mm. and uh, you know, there's not um, there's 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 the Catholic faith. There are, there are Catholics, of course, in the UK, but they, uh, you know, there's not that much, um, uh, or at least there's you know, there's not that much sort of interaction between the mm. Protestant and the Catholic Church, mm. and 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 so. Uh, but I think what, what he found when he came out here was he was so inspired by this mm. faith in action yes. that he found. So Filipino Catholics who were really living out a very similar faith yeah. to what he had. Because yeah. you know, it's all about, um, you know, coming alongside the poor and, yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, really showing, showing love, uh, you know, love thy neighbor, love. Yeah. Um, and... Um love for the poor was something that really touched my dad. I'm saying that as, you know, my dad as a, as a pastor or a yeah. retired pastor, uh, I think was really surprised by that. And yeah. it was one of the most uh, touching aspects of his trip. Wow. Was seeing uh, Filipinos really putting their faith um, into action. Yeah. So, so yeah.
0: if someone was to ask your dad right now in London, um, what is your son doing in the Philippines? How would he... What would he say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's still confused. he I mean. a bit confused. Yeah. He still wants me to
1: get a pension plan. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So he's still a little bit concerned, you know, because I've gone from a fairly well-paid job to being a social entrepreneur here. Okay. And, uh, you know, I arrived in the Philippines. I was on the 34th floor condominium. Then I was on the 25th floor. And then I've, I've gradually gone down the floors. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'm on the second floor now. Okay. So, uh, <laughs>
0: not so social anymore <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no, not so social uh yeah so he's obviously a little bit little bit concerned from that perspective mm. but 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 i mean i think at the same time he's seen um how um what a wonderful country this is yeah, yeah. and i think he understands uh, my my choice and my reason for being here yeah and who knows maybe if uh you know if uh, if 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 he were my age, I wouldn't be that surprised if he'd end up making the same decision wow. and being here. So, um, yeah, he, he he gets it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, of course, he's a parent. He's a daddy. He's he's worried about my long-term, you know, sustainability. And I guess he misses me, um, being all of these thousands of miles away.
0: What? How do you answer that question, Tom? When you've been here now for so many years, right? And you've traveled to so many countries. When people ask you, well, Tom, what's what's the driving force? I, I know. I've, I'm, I guess I'm going to ask you again. This invisible forces that's keeping you here. Like, what what do you see? The, what the Philippines can become? Because I know a lot of Filipinos look at mainly, maybe focus on the problems, but you have a different perspective, and I want to kind of understand that more. And from learning from Tom and his book, of course, it's this glorious. Potential of what this country can become. Can you talk more about what you see the potential of this country is?
1: Yeah, I mean the potential is is undoubtedly immense. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first interviewed Tony to Tony Maloto mm. of Gaud Kalinga, and he said the Philippines has no excuse to be poor.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, at the time, I was like, of course, it's got many excuses, mm. and there are so many reasons you can give. Okay, for the Philippines um, being. Um, you know, in the state it is. Uh, you know, health, uh, infrastructure, corruption, traffic—all mm. of those things, right? Um, and yet, you know, today I know that he—he he was right because uh, I did—I did reports. Uh, I was doing reports in 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 parts of, 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 of Africa uh, before I came here to the Philippines. Mm. Uh, journalist, journalistic reports, and uh, there, I, I, you know. There were countries I visited where they kind of did have an excuse to be poor. You know, if you have a famine for for six months, yeah. you know, uh, you've uh, it's 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 really difficult. And yet, the Philippines has such um, immense potential based around two two key factors. Right. First of all, first of all, if you plant something here, there's a pretty good chance it's going to grow. Mm. Right. And of course, at the moment there's this disastrous situation of, of, of so many products being imported from abroad, yeah. which could potentially be, be, be made here in the Philippines. Yes. Okay, so that's the first, th- there's a problem, yeah. but then there is clearly a, um, at least the beginnings of a solution, right? Yeah. Through making the land more productive yeah. and turning um, that land into, or the, the, the fruits of the land into higher value products. Yeah. Right? Um, so what, what would be
0: an example of that?
1: Okay. So, um, you know, I often ask a question, uh, maybe your your viewers will, will get it. Um, if I plant peanuts to sell peanuts, what do I earn? Do you get it, Mike? Peanuts, Tom? You earn <laughs> peanuts. He's ah, good. Okay. Um, but, of course, if you plant peanuts and then turn it into peanut butter. then you can earn dollars, right? Or the equivalent. Um, So, uh, you know, there's loads of examples of uh, products. That's this place, the Enchanted Farm, uh, which really influenced me. That's one of the key philosophies behind it, right? Is Mm. that we're going to make the land productive and then we're going to create or build world-class products out of the fruits of the land. Um, So, uh, you know, there's many examples of that, right? Like um, Bayani Brew is one, um, and, and iced Tea, which is... Um, you know, in 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 in, uh, in 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 Family Mart and some other yeah. places, I think you can find it on the shelves. Yeah. There. Right. Um, so that's that's on the one side. Okay. There's so many opportunities here to become an entrepreneur, to mm. become a change maker mm. uh, through seeing a potential solution. Mm. Um, okay. To whatever problem or challenge you you see. Yeah. Um, and then the other side, of course, is in the the, the human resources. Yeah. Um, When, when I was, uh, I I love going to the US nowadays, right? Because whenever I go to the US, uh, I realize I have friends um, all across in almost any city in the US, which is really awesome. And because they're all Filipinos, they're not Brits. (laughs) They're Filipinos in the US who are maybe volunteers of Gawad Kalinga, or maybe that's how I've met them. Yeah. Um, And uh, a lot of them are doing really well. You know, I saw the, the... Filipinos are the second highest performing demographic in the U.S. Mm. Uh, you know that's ab- above Caucasian Americans, right? Um, so that's really, really, um, really—it's uh, it inspiring. Was the, yeah, it's, it's very inspiring um, because, of course, when 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 Filipinos are given the opportunity, they really excel yeah. uh, wherever wherever they are in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, as long as they're given the opportunities, then yeah. they they really do. Um, uh, show how how brilliant they are and they're very highly regarded wherever you mm. go in the world um, but of course we need to see change happening here yeah. back home yeah. um, in the Philippines yeah. and uh, for as long as um, uh, we or for uh, the more that Filipinos really start to uh, yeah, believe in that potential, mm. that potential then, then then anything can happen and uh, I'm not saying this just through, uh, you know, uh, empty hope or uh, mm. or uh, um, you know, just some vague wish or aspiration. Um, I've spent time in communities and I've seen mm. that transformation actually happen before my mm. very own eyes. Mm. Uh, a, a member of a member of my uh, social enterprise, uh, a girl called uh, Anna. She's one of the scholars of uh, the SEED mm. program at the Enchanted Farm. And she just spent the last um, the last two weeks in France, wow. uh, actually with Louis, mm. um, uh, speaking to audiences all across uh, France and absolutely, uh, you know, blowing them away. Mm. They were so impressed by uh, Anna um, and some of her colleagues, you know, who, Anna comes from a really, I guess, a humble background. Mm. And yet she's absolutely brilliant. And she's proved it in just a couple of years, two or three years of having a really good level of education and having really good mentors around her. Mm. And this is where she's come. She's already speaking to universities all across France. Mm. right? So just imagine if those three years became 10 years, became 15, 20 years. Mm. How brilliant is someone like her going to become? And how many more Annas are there in the Philippines? The reality is that they're...
0: They're all over the Philippines, wow. and that's what's um, that's what's so exciting. Can I the first part of your answer, Tom? Can we talk about the glorification of foreign products and foreign brands here in the Philippines, where a lot of Filipinos would tend to buy a foreign product, or especially coming up to Christmas, versus supporting a local entrepreneur? And um, let's talk about the the false belief. The I call it the the maling akala, the, the false beliefs that some Filipinos have about uh, foreign products are somehow better than um, the local products. Tell us your opinion on how that is killing um, the entrepreneurial spirit and how that needs to change. How if we can change that false belief, we can create uh, a stronger economy in the Philippines. Do you want to tell us more talk sure. more about that? Um, well, it's buying products from abroad.
1: Uh, there's nothing wrong with it first and foremost, right? Yeah. It happens in every single country um, yeah. in the world. But um, if you feel that there's no good local alternative, yeah. uh, then that's when it can really have a, a more negative um, yeah. effect. So um, of course it's, um, you know, I often I give the example of Capri's chocolate, right? Mm. Uh, one of the most famous uh, chocolate brands in the world. Mm. And yet uh, we don't grow uh, a single um, uh, you know uh, cacao, we, tree. C- cacao <laughs> tree in the entire in the in the entire country mm-hmm. right but of course we're importing we've we've we're good at creating brands in the UK and so we create a brand like Capri's and then we sell it back to other countries around the world at maybe 10 times the amount
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that it costs to produce mm-hmm. and of course that 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 means that supports my country Mm. and makes your country richer. it makes my country richer and it doesn't necessarily make a country like the Philippines um, reach uh, richer so it is important and it's Mm. again it's not saying that you can't enjoy uh, foreign products um, but it's just um, looking at um, or, or I guess being a little bit more proactive in in supporting Filipino products and giving them the chance, because there are actually a lot of amazing uh, local products um, out there. Uh, the problem is they may be a little bit more expensive at the moment um, because they can't achieve the massive scale mm. that uh, you know one of these multinationals yeah. can. So of course they're going to be a little bit more expensive. But I guess if the more of us, uh, more of us as possible, can actually go out and support these products. Mm. Um, then gradually, these companies are going to become stronger, and they're going to become more competitive, um, in the marketplace. And, and and it's 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 a lot cooler buying local products uh, nowadays. I, I notice it's changing. Uh, I've been to a lot of um, like bazaars and stuff in in the run up to Christmas, and everybody's looking for local products. I don't yeah. want to buy. I don't want to buy my family or friends, mm. you know, some generic product that everybody else has got. If I can get something that's unique from the place where I am, mm. uh, that's a lot more special anyway. So mm. the market is actually changing and the perceptions are gradually changing, I think. Mm. And there's that, 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 there's that sense or that need to, um, or that, that interest mm. in, in supporting uh, locally made uh, products, not just in the Philippines, but actually all yeah. across the world. And, and that's obviously a, a good change. Mm. And the more we can speed it up, the better.
0: Wonderful. Tom, I want you to go back in time. Oh goodness. And I want you to look in the mirror and pretend you're looking at the Tom. Five years ago, before you came to the Philippines. Okay. B- b- that, g- that young, young more, han- more handsome version of you. <laughs> I'm like a fine wine. <laughs> Five years ago, how has the Philippines changed you?
1: Uh, well, simple answer, uh, I've, I've really found my purpose. In the Philippines Mm. so I was uh, not quite sure whether what I wanted to do with my life I had Mm. picked up a few different well-paying jobs some of them were exciting or fun Mm. uh, and yet none of them gave me that sense of fulfillment or purpose that Mm. I've got here in the Philippines and now I I have my own um, social enterprise here and you know I can genuinely say that I don't it's an old uh, I guess almost cliche now, but that, 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 that idea that if you enjoy your job, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't work, work a single day in your, yeah. in your entire life, and I, and I really feel that. It's, yeah. it's so important to do something that you're passionate about and that you feel brings value uh, and meaning, not just to yourself yeah. but to others, because um, I, I never ever, ever since I arrived in the Philippines, I've never feared a Monday morning.
0: Wow. Well.
1: Right? and yet in my entire life until then I was like oh god mm. Monday yeah. you know and, and, and it's it's that, that, that's massive because that, that also enables you to become a lot more successful mm. because you're passionate about what you do and you're willing to put in the extra work and you're able to share that passion that you have that you know genuine passion with other people mm. and as a result they uh, are you know are going to Uh, get that passion from you they're going to be inspired from you and then they're going to go and inspire Mm. more and more people so before you know it you can really build a a really uh united and uh you know amazing group of people which we have in my social enterprise now um really all rallying uh, around a common a common mission and Mm. purpose Mm. so that's what i would say to my my um Five years ago, right? So my my my
0: twenty-two-year-old self. (laughs) Of course, Tom. There you go. What would you What would you tell them to avoid in the Philippines? Going back five years ago, what mistakes could that that version of you avoid if you were to give them advice? Okay. Um, Well, look. When
1: when I was you know studying and when I was um, I guess trying to work out what I wanted to do with my life, I. Uh, you know I wanted three things out of life. I wanted to um, travel the world, I wanted to earn good money and I wanted to be a writer because I like the idea of being a writer it sounded cool um, and yet that never brought me that much yeah. fulfillment right So um, I guess um, I rather than focusing on just what you want in life, those things, those possessions, whatever it is that you want to have, um, look at look a little bit. More deeply mm. and introspectively um, at what really motivates you. Why do you want it? Not just mm. what you want, but why do you want those things? And do mm. they connect with your 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 deeper, you know, your 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 inner inner mm. core, if you like. Um, I know it's not easy always, right? It it really does depend. I don't want to... I, I can't just say to everybody, all of your viewers, you know, I'll oh, go out, go out guys and, and, and find your find your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Because of course, I was a little bit fortunate five years ago that I didn't have that many responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a family that I needed to support. And so I was able to make a bit of a risky decision, you know, quit my job and, and, and go and pursue my, mm-hmm. my purpose. Um, but I guess if I... If I were to, uh, if I were the best piece of advice I got at -hmm. the time uh, when I was I was asking myself the question: Is it really a good idea to quit my job and do something like volunteer and write this book on on Gawad Kalinga? Because it feels that felt like the right thing to do, right? It was what motivated me. But then logically, I was like, but but is it a good idea? Is that just crazy? And the best piece of of advice I got was when uh, somebody said to me, well. Think about what's the worst thing that could possibly happen mm. if things were to go wrong, okay? And, and I asked myself that question. I thought, okay, if, if the worst case scenario, if the book is an absolute flop, no one reads it, or I don't even finish it, then I thought, you know what? I can live with the worst case scenario because I can go back to what, I, I, I can probably go back to what I was doing before.
0: Mm.
1: So that was the most um, empowering thought that I had. Or realization that I had, because I thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose here. I've yeah. got to do it. Yeah. But of course, some people will ask themselves that question and say, you know what, I have too much to lose. I have, um, you know, I I can't quit my job because I need to support my family, mm. right? Or I need to support someone who's sick, yeah. um, or I'm really saving up for something which I which I really genuinely need, mm. and it's important to me. So if you ask yourself that question, you may get quite uh, a revealing answer. Mm. And then the answer may be, okay, it's not the right time to change career, but Mm. maybe I can find greater meaning or purpose at the weekends or in the evenings. You know, there are other ways of doing it, right? Mm. So not everybody has the same, um, you know, it's not the same sort of solution for everyone Mm. um, out there. Uh, But at least spend time to look um, to, to you know, spend spend some alone time and, and really reflect upon what it is, what what, what drives you, what motivates you, um, as as an individual, uh, and and as much as possible, follow that.
0: So this would be advice for uh, someone who is maybe a recent grad, feeling lost. Yeah. Someone who's in their twenties, stuck in a job they hate. This is the message you would give them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't need to, you know, think it through, yeah. but ask yourself the right questions. Yeah. And as I said, a really good question, I think, is what is the worst that could happen
0: yeah.
1: if everything goes wrong, yeah. right, uh, and within reason, yeah. okay? Um, and if you feel you can live with it, then, then do, do whatever your, your heart is calling you to do.
0: Excellent, I love it. Tom, what do you see in the Filipino? that they do most Filipinos don't see
1: um the, the solidarity mm. um, the sense of hope mm. um, the, i guess the the the, the talents mm. um that ability to uh, be, uh, for example, Filipinos are very creative. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, you see it in something as, um, you know, uh, something which is taken for granted, like a jeepney, right? Or you see it in the talent, you see in, uh, um, uh, I don't know,
0: in a... Christmas competitions. Christmas (laughs) competitions.
1: Um, Or you even see it uh, when you go to parts of Makati like Poblacion, right, and you mm. see all of these creative hubs that are that are emerging, mm. so um, there's a lot of creativity, I think, um, in um, in the Philippines, uh, and yet it hasn't been. I wouldn't say it's been really. Um, uh, it's 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 still it's still looking for opportunities to express itself more. Mm. So there's still that sense of, um, I don't know, music or something. It's like, oh, well, there's still that sense of uh, let's, let's do a cover of a, of a well-known yeah, international yeah. artist or whatever. Mm. Uh, there's not quite as much. The creativity exists, and yet um, it's, not, um, it's not being given enough encouragement yeah. Um, yeah. at the moment. And uh, I think too many people are following a path which... Th- They've, they've, you know, they, whatever they consume on YouTube or on, uh, on, on, on social media, mm. um, what's deemed to be, you know, high quality or acceptable yeah. is what people will follow. And yet there's so much potential and creativity out there, mm. um, which maybe is, 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 is uh, yeah, it, it needs to be encouraged a lot more.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to jump around because going back to your dad, your dad wasn't the only member of your family to come and visit us here. Right. you had your, your, your sister yep. come and her kids yep. Came. so what was did you see a difference in how uh, your dad has embraced the Philippines versus your sister and her, and her young family is there any differences that come to mind or thing, things that made you smile uh, well I think the
1: effect of being in the community yeah. is um, it's, I, my mum's come as well Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody, even my brother came out. Uh, everyone reacts in the same way. It doesn't mm. matter what age you are, mm. um, what stage you're at in life. I just think when, when you visit um, a really empowered and um, hopeful community, mm. like some of the Goward Kalinga ones that, that we um, have partnered with for a long time, uh then it's 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 quite it's quite contagious and it doesn't matter who you are, you're gonna get inspired by it. Yeah. Um my little nephew, he's he's uh seven years old and he's got crazy, crazy blonde hair. So I think he arrived in the community and all the kids were like amazed by him. <laughs> so he was a bit freaked out. He was like, what is going on here? And he's like, why are people always wanting to play with me and talk like why can't they just chill out a little bit? But he found it a bit a bit too
0: intense <laughs> okay so blue eyes blonde hair yeah it?
1: blue eyes blonde hair and he was uh, he was just over overawed, right by wow. by by the coo- I and mean, the kids were amazing and were really friendly and wanted to play with him and this that and the other and I think he was just a bit he was like he's like kids in England are not like this yeah. you know he yeah. wasn't used to it so he reacted in a slightly different way to yeah. uh, I guess guess my dad or my sister mm. um, but I mean the core you know the uh, I guess the the communities that I went to always had lessons for me in mm. how to uh, how to live a better life. Mm. I guess, There was always something I could learn. And again, I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat this and say that I went to communities and they were this utopia. Everything was amazing and perfect, and mm. this and everybody was so uh, <laughs> you know inspiring. It's mm. not the case, right? But there was there was always Um, something to learn from all of the communities that I went to and uh, always some amazing people within uh, pretty much every community I went to Um, and so it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get inspired by that and it's an
0: opportunity to learn as long as you're open to it. Can I give you a scenario Tom of let's say one of your best friends from back in England and they said to you Tom I want to come to the Philippines and I want to um, not do a typical tourist vacation I want to learn about the Filipino people themselves. So he doesn't want the, the classic beaches. He says he wants a different type of vacation where he gets to know the people. What, and he's going, just for one month, so to okay. give it a timeline, what, would, what advice would you give him to truly understand the Filipino people?
1: All right, oh, funny you should ask that, mate. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'm speaking, if I'm speaking to, let's say I'm speaking to Filipinos living abroad, okay. right? Okay. Um, I think there's, there's often that concept that you come home and, uh, you know, maybe you live in the US now or you live, uh, and, 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 and your, your trip back to the Philippines is all about going to see, uh, you know, your titos and your titas in the province and, uh, you know, having all of that kind of food that you're not so used to eating anymore, yeah. and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice experience, I'm sure, uh, but um, what, what, what I guess I would encourage people to do is also to come back and uh, discover another side to the Philippines, which is to uh, visit some of the communities that I've been talking about, right, and to really Um, Discover what's special about them. Discover the very best of the Philippines. Because for me, the very best of the Philippines is not in a resort um, on a beach in um, any one of the 7,000 islands. It's so much more than that. The very best of the Philippines is really um, uh, in the people, right? And not just in the people in the sense of, um, okay, I'm going to go to a hotel and there's going to be a nice smiling Uh, receptionist or a smiling waiter in the restaurant I go to because that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg right yes okay a regular tourist will think oh wow Filipinos are friendly or whatever Mm. Um, but I would really encourage people to um, uh, go to the very heart of this of Mm. this of this country through visiting communities Mm. and there you will discover not only the very best of the people but you'll learn about their culture You'll learn about um, their their food, and um, maybe you already know that if you're if you're Filipino. Yeah. Um, but even if you're Filipino, there's so much you can learn about, for example, social enterprise, or about the stories of these communities and how mm. they've been able to turn their lives around. Mm. Uh, and that is something which it's not a regular kind of tourist trip, mm. uh, but uh, I believe you can really create. Um, uh, uh, adventures that matter.
0: Oh, M-A-D,
1: that makes uh, that like kind a of rhyme, doesn't it? There you go, <laughs> there you go. So, um, you know, you can really create a different kind of mm. um, experience in mm. this country, yeah. which uh, which you'll remember for, for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. But, but potentially those memories of the people you meet yeah. will never leave you yeah. again. So, um, yeah, it, I, I'd really encourage people to... Um, to visit some of the communities that yeah. I've been talking about. Yeah. Um, whether it be, um, you know, volunteering for, for, for Gawad Kalinga mm. um, or whether it be we, we have a, a social, uh, uh, well, my social enterprise is in travel, right? So creating yeah. um, really uh, fun and fulfilling experiences yeah. in the Philippines, giving you the opportunity to travel with purpose. Yeah, yeah. Don't just travel simply to sit on a beach, although you can do that, right or don't just travel simply to go island hopping but to really travel a bit deeper Mm. and to discover the communities or even uh, volunteer in the Mm. communities so if you've got a month you can do so much you can Mm. spend a bit of time with the titos and titas in the province and then you can spend a bit of time in one of the communities maybe doing some volunteering and then you can spend a bit of time in a different community uh, like the enchanted farm learning all about social enterprise awesome Um, or even visiting the Aitas
0: yeah, yeah wow. So
1: we have uh, some really interesting programs with them. Uh, That's indig- in Zambales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so meet the indigenous peoples of uh, of of Zambales, yeah. and uh, really help them to to plant a rainforest. Yeah. So there's, there's so much that you can do.
0: So um, right. really have an experience that that that, that you won't forget. Wonderful. And for all our overseas Filipinos and Filipinos living in the Philippines, I want to on this video on the bottom I want to cut the links to madtravel.org yep and where you have an opportunity to learn more about what Tom is saying as well as actually take up action because I know every weekend you have opportunities every, every week there's opportunities with Mad Travel to j- join a tour yeah it's quite beautiful actually to discover your own country uh, because actually the next question I have Tom um, uh, I want to quote from my, one of my favourite movies it's a Filipino movie Henry uh, Luna okay. which came out a few years ago but it's one of my favorite movies because it's you know about a story a 100 years ago but i think the message of that movie still lives today and it's uh, where the general says to his his soldiers he says um kapatid tayong mas malaking kaaway kaisa manga americano and ating sarili and that translates to Brothers, we have a greater enemy than any outsider, and that's ourselves. The enemy of the Filipino is the Filipino. How would you... What is your observation being? has Is the Philippines too critical? Is the Filipino too critical of the Filipino? What is your observation as an outsider? Um, yes.
1: L- largely because I think there's sometimes um, a lack of empathy there. Uh, what I mean by that is that um, you know, all of us in the Philippines uh, living here have been dealt different, different hands in life, right? And um, there, are, there are things that you see in society that you don't necessarily agree with, right? Or you yes. don't like. Um, and yet you've really got to understand where that person comes from, mm. um, what their context is. Um, and how not everybody's been given the same opportunity that perhaps um, you have. Yeah. So I, I think first and foremost, um, that's something I would really want to. Um, I'd want to highlight is that you, you need to understand where people um, yeah. are coming from. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, yeah, there is there is a lot of. Um, uh, I guess I mean you call them uh, limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. False false limiting beliefs. Um, but there is that sense that um, uh, you know um, you cannot make it in the Philippines. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need to go abroad. I know so many people that that, that feel, but they can only be successful. How do you abroad. answer
0: that? What is your advice for someone in the Philippines who be- who is getting under so much pressure to become an overseas Filipino? What advice would you give them?
1: Um, well, look, Philippines is remains one of the fastest growing economies in mm. the region. Mm. Um, it's got an economy growing three times faster than uh, the UK mm. and a lot of European and even the American um, economies. Yeah. So the opportunities are definitely here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if people want to work abroad that's also okay mm. because I myself am working abroad, right? Yes, yes. Um, and I remember when I graduated I also wanted to go abroad. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the the important thing is just not to put all of your eggs in that one basket thinking yeah. you have to go abroad or that you yeah. can only be happy or successful if you go abroad yeah. if you want to go abroad if you find a good op- opportunity to go abroad then great good luck to you yeah. um, but don't forget about pursuing opportunities yeah. here because they exist and um, and you know they, they exist in many different sectors um, of the economy, and uh, there's also the opportunity here. I think more than if you go abroad to actually start something of your own.
0: Yeah, I really
1: uh, do. Whether it be a really small little uh, business uh, yeah. that, that just serves your local community, or whether it be a, a, you know um, a, a new tech business yeah. or, or a social enterprise, um, there's there's quite a thriving startup mm-hmm. uh, business scene. Here as well. And I find it a lot easier yeah. to start a business here in the Philippines than I would to have started a business um, back in the UK. Wow, wow. Uh, and I know many people that have started businesses with relatively little capital yeah. or money.
0: Can I actually, one of my favorite things about this book is it's full of stories. Red. Full of stories, of it's just overwhelming. It's not um, stories of Tom, what he ate for breakfast or just boring stories about Tom, no disrespect, but amazing stories about not only your own experience, but uh, Filipinos that you've met. And I, this, is go- I'm go- this is a difficult question I'm going to ask him. But is there a story that jumps up to m- jumps in your mind when it comes to a Filipino who really decided to make a difference in his community, really rose up, and uh, even from very difficult circumstances, to, to transform himself and create extraordinary value? Okay. Yeah. W- what comes to mind?
1: Uh, probably uh, Kuya Benji um in uh, chapter three of the book i think um so benji is uh, still a, a good friend today um he um i met him in a gaud Kalinga village in it's called gaud Kalinga silver heights in uh, kalaokan city and um benji's story is pretty remarkable it was one of the first he was one of the first really inspiring uh, Filipinos that I met in the yeah. in the community. So so Benji um, came from uh, came from the south. Came from Mindanao. Yeah. He, he was born into a really tough. Um, he had a really really tough upbringing. So he was um, he was. Um, I think he was beaten up by his father, who didn't think he was a legitimate his legitimate son, and uh, he was basically a scavenger. So he, he was abused by, by, his, by his father and at the same time trying to support his father and the family, right, through scavenging all day. Uh, and then he got to um, the age of, I believe it's 12 or 13, and uh, you know, he thought, enough's enough, I've got to get out of here. So he, he managed to save up just enough money to get on a boat from, uh, from Mindanao all the way up to Manila. And, and he arrived here in Manila with 1,300 pesos, I believe. And he arrives at the port, and remember he's 13 years old, he knows no one at all in Metro Manila. And he was like, what do I do now? He didn't really know, but he was in the city of dreams, right? For him, Manila was the place where he could make it. And so he said to the taxi driver, "Um, you know, just just take me somewhere. And the taxi driver was like, where am I going to take you? Where do you want to go? He said, just anywhere, just take me around Manila so the taxi driver ended up basically taking, he had 1,300 pesos and he, uh, 1,100, was taken immediately in that first taxi drive, uh, ride mm-hmm. within the first hour of being in Manila, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have this guy, he's 13 years old, he's on the streets of Manila, he has no money, mm-hmm. it's 200 pesos, no job, no family, and for a few years he survives on the streets. You know, um, obviously getting uh, the Pag um, from Kentucky Fried Chicken and all of, it, all of the leftovers um, and yet somehow he managed to survive and he got a job in a construction site and he ended up um, uh, long story short his, his, his life was full of ups and downs he, he managed to earn some money then he lost it all in a bad investment decision and then he uh, uh, he was identified by Goward Kalinga as a possible future house uh, a, a beneficiary so he managed to work towards um, uh, building um, some houses. Um, during that time, his house was also burnt down mm. uh, in, a, in a fire in, in his uh, the slum community where, where he was living. Um, anyway, eventually they built, they completed these houses and Benji uh, is today um, the man to tell the story wow. of that community and how they were able to to, to transform their fortunes from having... 78 houses being burnt down to this beautiful um, uh, Goudklinger community today. Mm. And, um, you know, there was so many opportunities for me, like insights in me from that. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I always used to think the poor were somehow, um, you know, maybe ignorant because they didn't have the education that I had or whatever. And yet, you know, if I look back to the age of 13, what was I doing in life? I just had, you know, I had nothing to worry about. And yet uh, Benji was surviving on the streets on his own Mm. um, and trying to make a life on his own Mm. for himself at that age and I had nothing to worry about and so it got me thinking who's really the ignorant one here right is it me or is it um, is it Benji I really think it's me
0: Mm.
1: so so Benji's really an inspiring story for me because he's now he he spent uh, at least a year maybe longer um, in uh, the areas worst affected by uh, Typhoon uh, Yolanda, Typhoon mm. Haiyan, um, giving back because he saw how people would come alongside him to help build his home yeah. and he said you know what I'm now going to become a full-time volunteer. So whenever I see, see Benji he still you know doesn't have much in a material sense and mm. yet he has so much spirit mm. and he's constantly uh, mm. looking to help people mm and make their lives better. And that's a, a huge inspiration for me. So so there you go, that's Benji. He's almost the same age as me, um, and yet he's got so much more life experience. He's wow. a month older than me, but he's got so much more life experience than me, and has got so much more to teach me than I could possibly teach him.
0: Tom, you see my T-shirt? It's, it says world-class Filipino. Um, what is your definition of a work class Filipino?
1: Um, okay, so for me, We all know what world class means right world class is um, about uh, high quality something you know efficiency whatever it might be and so world class you can find you can find pockets of of world class here in the Philippines and you can find it in Singapore and other countries around the world but world class Filipino for me is something different because it is merging those that um, that High quality hmm. with core Filipino values. Hmm. Um, I, I talk a lot about. Uh, well, I've I've witnessed a lot of bayanihan, right, hmm. or or, or in the Gawad Kalinga uh, communities, and, and even in the Aita communities where we now hmm. um, have have different tourism projects. Um, so for me, that is what a world class Filipino um, is all about. Um, it's about yes. It, 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 it's about um, building a um, uh, a society, building um, a company, mm. or building a lifestyle which is really good in quality, right? It's high quality, it's world class, but it has it's merged with those values of solidarity, of leaving no one behind, mm. um, of bro- brotherhood. And this is why uh, world-class Filipino can mean something to me as a foreigner as well, because we don't have, uh, I don't believe that, that in a country like the UK we, yes, we, you could say that we're world-class in the sense that we've got efficient train systems or uh, nice roads or, you know, um, expensive houses or whatever, uh, but we, we haven't really, there's a lot of challenges in UK British society today and um, so I don't feel that we've been able to develop our country um, with the necessarily appropriate values mm-hmm. um, that, that, that you need to build a really harmonious yeah. society so that's why um, there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for the Philippines I'm not yeah. saying the Philippines is there yet but there's an opportunity to show the rest of the world what world class looks like
0: wow fantastic so Tom we're coming to the end of this mega interview I really appreciate you making time and he's a very busy social entrepreneur with uh, mad travel author of my favorite book about the Philippines um, thanks the, Mike the genius of the Poor. that's authentic I cannot ha- more highly recommend this book um, a few final questions but we'll do rapid fire okay um, and a bit of uh, fun questions thrown in there as well uh, what makes you scratch your head and think only in the Philippines? What makes you, what do you see in the Philippines that you think is crazy? Um, probably when I ask where the
1: post office is and the guy says it's that way and then I walk that way and then I get to the post office and re- I get, and I walk 100 meters down that way and realize it's not there at all and it was actually in the opposite direction.
0: Okay. And <laughs> I realized that the guy
1: told me it was that way simply because he wanted to answer me. And uh, tell me something instead of just uh, actual (laughs) giving. Yes, instead of actually giving me a correct answer because he doesn't know it, he doesn't feel he could say that. So uh, that 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 insistence on giving an answer or saying yes, even if you don't really mean yes or you don't really know the answer,
0: that has been challenging.
1: Very challenging.
0: What's your favorite uh, getting lost moment in the Philippines where you were totally confused, and it was only maybe days later you figured out what was going on?
1: Um, listening to karaoke at (laughs) 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Okay. That's something that in England we do like once a year, maybe just before Christmas, having had a little bit too much to drink. (laughs) I have uh, never been to a country before where they could be quite so uh, obsessed with karaoke. Uh, It doesn't matter what time it is. You don't need to be um, uh, in any way... Mm. inebriated mm. <laughs> uh, you just sing away and it took a while for me to realise that it wasn't a special occasion it wasn't someone's birthday it was just a Wednesday afternoon and someone fancied singing karaoke, karaoke. because they wanted to
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's Christmas time We're obviously the longest and best Christmas in the world is here in the Philippines and right now as we speak thousands of Filipinos are rehearsing for the big Christmas competition and every almost well I think every Filipino company, you will see Filipinos passionately practicing, rehearsing their steps for the, for the potential prize money, but also for the, uh, the the glory of being crowned the champions. This does not happen in our country. <laughs> what is your observation with this amazing spirit of Masayahin, this amazing spirit of fun? This for me is very. Yeah. What What is your take on this?
1: So I got I got lost the other day in a condo. Okay. Uh, and I went I went out the wrong way. I went through this like emergency exit, and I came across um, these uh, these guys. They were like six guys who were like enthusiastically <laughs> doing all of their moves. <laughs> Yeah. and uh, uh, obviously practicing some choreography. Absolutely. And I walked in, and I was thinking, if someone had caught me doing that, <laughs> I would be horrified. I would be like, the most embarrassing experience of my life, and yet these guys, they looked at me, they're like, eh. <laughs> whatever, white guy, <laughs> leave us to it, leave us alone. Yeah. And what amazes me is that a moment later, I went, I found somebody, not connected to that group, right, because I was mm-hmm. lost. And I said, you know, excuse me, um, excuse me, sir. Uh, can you show me where the exit is? Mm. And he was like,
0: no split, no split, no split. Like he
1: was terrified. Yeah. So that is crazy for me, right? That uh, it's it's funny, but like that that when Filipinos are performing or dancing. Yeah. They have no inhibitions and they don't care what you think of them. Throw but everything in. Make yeah. them speak English, <laughs> especially with my British accent, yeah. and you know nosebleeds galore. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 just one of those funny little uh, culture mm. culture shocks of being here, right? But it's
0: it's oh, funny. Another because it's Christmas season. We're getting close, I Just another couple of questions on Christmas. In terms of how did you feel in September when you started hearing things around the malls? And on the radio that uh, surprised you it's
1: crazy <laughs> yeah i've never known such a long christmas yeah. as in the philippines yeah. honestly guys i'm thinking september's a little bit early <laughs> like i personally i refuse like we, we have our christmas tree up in in december, december yeah. yeah yeah and an advent calendar Epic uh, these are the things that, that that we do back in the uk um starting in september is a little bit a little bit uh a little bit too early in my humble opinion but you know whatever whatever floats your boat
0: and what's the biggest difference you see between christmas here and in every single country you've been to in the world
1: um it's just i don't know christmas is huge here yeah um it it really um it, it almost the city almost shuts down because mm. it's so <laughs> the, the, there's so much traffic. Yeah, uh, there's so much, so many people everywhere. Yeah, um, it's just a big. Uh, uh, it's a big. It's a big event. It's mm. a bigger. It's a bigger event than I could, you know, than I've than I've experienced it uh, in the in 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 the mm-hmm. UK.
0: Mm. So wonderful, Tom thank you I could ask you for another hour Uh, we have overrun this interview but a really good Tom I would love to have you back for a part 2 in the near future I'm really grateful that you've shared all the links to what Tom Tom Tam (laughs) Tom was talking about will be on the show notes please check out this book it's a life changing book a book to make you extraordinarily proud to be a Filipino if you're a foreigner in love with the Philippines please check out mad travel as well and share this with your friends it's this has been a very i've known this guy for a long time proud to say one of my best friends in the philippines um not as handsome as me but it's okay he's english you just got a haircut just, not <laughs> it's not fair it's not fair joke lang uh tom your final your final piece of advice for our, our filipinos um around the world around the philippines what is your dream for this country uh well my dream
1: for this country is uh, is the dream of Gawad Kalinga, right? Mm. Is uh, vision uh, mission twenty twenty four to end poverty for five million families mm. in the Philippines by 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 twenty twenty four, and if we believe it can happen, mm. if enough people believe it can happen, then it will happen. So um, so believe that it is possible because I assure you it is. Transformation can happen mm. really quickly. I've seen it with my very own eyes, um, and don't just take my word for it. Mm. Uh, come and visit. Come and visit us, come to the Enchanted Farm, uh, come and, come on one of our tours and, uh, you know, come to visit the, spend some time, spend the weekend with the Aitas in Zambales yeah. or with the amazing uh, scholars of the GK Enchanted Farm um, and experience it for yourself, wow. because I think you'll be, I think you'll be changed and
0: you'll be surprised by what you see. Bye bye, All right, thanks guys. Thanks Tom. Hey, this is Mike again. Thank you so much for listening to the First World Philippines podcast. It would mean so much to me if you left a review, if you share this podcast. Somehow help us spread the word. We do this for free. All we ask in return, please consider sharing this with your friends, people who love the Philippines and people who want to become successful in this country. This is their podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Y aquí